Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with Scott Williamson, MD at Blackstone Minerals, Essex listed nickel developer. If you want to hear our thoughts and opinions on that conversation, their plans going forward, and indeed the company itself, you can catch that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports, commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities. There are training videos on there, summaries of other interviews that we have done just to save you a little bit of time. And of course, a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas in a nice, safe environment. And go and join them now at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Scott, how are you doing, sir? Good day, sir. Good to see you again. Good to see you again. How are, how are you? Winding down yeah, for good. Christmas, yeah, are you? Are you winding down? Yeah, again, we're winding down nearly. <laughs> I bet. I bet you're not. Um, uh, well, that's that's good to hear. Well, look, um, I know you were, you were on about a month ago. Um, you told us then you're going to do a lot of drilling, and I want to hear that you're doing a lot of drilling. But first, give us that one-minute overview for people new to the story, and I'll pick it up from there. Yeah, no worries. So Blackstone, we've got the Taipan Nickel Sulfide Project in northern Vietnam. It's an existing mine operated between 2013 and 2016. The previous owners um, sunk $136 million into the infrastructure. So this gives us a, a great sort of start. And um, we're going to push this into a downstream product. So we're going to take the concentrate. We're going to convert it into a downstream product for the lithium ion battery industry. So, yeah, it's a really exciting um, a project up in northern Vietnam. Uh, okay, so on that, are the drills turning? Yes, yeah, we've got the nine drill rigs and uh, there's, there's probably not the, the problem about the drill rigs turning, it's more about other the, the assay labs um, working hard enough and unfortunately, yeah, so what we have to do is once we've drilled, we send the, um, I suppose, core to Haiphong and um, so we do some of the prep in in Vietnam, and then, but then we send the pulps or the um, to the next stage, which we have to go all the way through to Perth in ALS. And um, unfortunately, yeah, the labs in Perth are just chock a block full. And um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're aiming to get something out um, in time for a Christmas, I suppose, update. But um, yeah, it's still yeah, we're over seventy days to turn around assays and. It's just, um, yeah, it's great for the industry that there's a lot of drilling going on. So we're obviously not the only one sending to ALS in Perth and there's a lot of good gold drilling going on. A lot of major discoveries happening in West Australia. So um, we can't um, we can't be too disappointed with the, the reason why the assay labs are taking a lot longer than we hoped. But 70, 70 days, wow, that's frustrating, I bet. Um, so how, how many metres have you sent to them? Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't even know. Um, it's, yeah, many uh, uh, thousands, I suppose. Um, I, I don't know that sort of detail at the moment. But, um, yeah, there's, there'd be thousands of metres in the, in the labs. But that's fine. Um, nine drill rigs, yeah, we're, we're spinning. And, um, yeah, it's, yeah, we've got many, many targets. And so the good thing is we're hitting sulphide. So we're hitting massive sulphide. We're hitting some disseminated. Um, but every, almost every time we... We're hitting something, so it's all good. How do you know you're hitting it? How do you how do you test it? Yeah, so to work that out. Yeah, it's all visual, and so we use the uh, XRF, so the Niton gun. So we 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 get a pretty good reading on the base metals, so nickel and copper. Um, obviously, the um, gold and the precious metals, uh, they we have to wait for the assays, but we we know we're hitting um, nickel, so yeah, we're pretty happy. 
Okay, so that, that's the stuff, the drilling that you have done. How much more drilling are you going to be doing and uh, until when? Yeah, so we want to bring in as many of these ore bodies into the PFS as possible. So we've got um, rigs at Ban Fook and the King Cobra Zone. We've got Ban Chang, Takung, uh, Ban Kwa, and just started at King Snake. So <laughs> five different ore bodies we're drilling. And we want to bring as many of those into this next stage of studies, which is the PFS as possible. So we need maiden resources on all of those. So, um, yeah, it's it, we won't stop drilling and we won't stop drilling until the mine's operating. Even when the mine is operating, we won't stop drilling. So there's no issues around um, targets. We're on target five of 25 sort of thing. So we've got, yeah, and we're generating more targets every week as well. So we've got the, the two EM crews still around the district looking at new targets and, and generating more targets. So there's no issues with um, targets. It's just... Yeah, unfortunately, the bottleneck at the moment is the assay labs. Right. So talk, talk to me, I want to understand the relationship between EcoPro and you. I mean, again, for people new to this, I mean, who is EcoPro? Um, obviously, they're Korean, but, you know, are they a big deal or not? <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they're they a big deal. They're, they're the largest cathode manufacturer in South Korea, second largest cathode manufacturer in the world. And they're a major player in the lithium ion battery industry. So the cathode, so they make the cathode and to make the cathode, they need the, the four ingredients, which are nickel, cobalt, manganese, and which is the precursor and uh, product. And then they need the lithium and they bring in the precursor and the lithium together to produce cathode. So they're a major player in the industry. They're listed on the Korean stock exchange on the COSDAQ. And, and most importantly, um, we started talking to them over two years ago now on our cobalt. So we, we started the, the relationship based on cobalt. Then we pivoted to nickel because of that relationship. And they said, oh, we're, we're moving to high nickel cathode. So it's a strong relationship built over, over two years now. But most importantly, these guys need more nickel than we can deliver in this one ore body in this one nickel sulfide district. So they are a major player. They need a lot of nickel. And uh, we're very happy with them as our partner going forward. Okay, so they're a big deal. They, um, they put some money into your company. Remind me how much they put in, what the premium was again? Yeah, at the time, $6.8 million at a 62% premium to the market at the time. So that was a, it was a great, I suppose, testament to where we're heading. They got in. They still got in at much lower levels than today's price, but they they weren't focused on the price of the day. They were, they were more focused on a, a long-term strategic partnership and that's why they're happy to pay the premium so yeah they they're focused on the next stage of investment which is most likely at the asset level so we're looking at a, at a scenario whereby we we build the downstream processing facility together and we look at a partnership asset level investment at, at that stage right now um, back when they put 6.8 million bucks in that was a big deal for you guys obviously now it's a little bit different what did that agreement allow them to do i mean they they clearly want offtake does that give them full optionality on taking 100% offtake or is it still in your hands yeah at the time all they we agreed to was that they would have a board representative which is um, so we've, we've established the board representative and the, we agreed that within the next 12 months of that deal that we would look to build a formal joint venture agreement and so and at that point then we would look at and consider offtake but at that point um, would be the only time where offtake was was talked about so in, until now the agreement is that where we will work together to formalise a joint venture within 12 months of, of that time. So we're, and at, at the time of the PFS. So once we've done a PFS, 
we build a uh, joint venture, and that joint venture would then do an offtake scenario with the down with the upstream. So, so the Banfoot Nickel Mine Concentrator, which is 90% owned by Blackstone, 10% local Vietnamese partner, they would sell offtake or concentrate um, with an offtake to the downstream partnership. So there's the only real offtake we've talked about is between the upstream and the downstream, and and so Blackstone will have an offtake with the partnership which is a partnership between Blackstone and Echo Pro, which would then turn the concentrate into these downstream products, which is the precursor, nickel, cobalt, manganese precursor. Right, okay. And where I'm going with this one is I want to understand once you've got, are you obliged to form a JV agreement with Echo Pro at the point where the PFS done, is done? Or do you, are they just discussions about the process of maybe forming a, a, a JV? No, there's obviously an obligation through that arrangement and that agreement when we when we took the investment, the um, there is an I suppose obligation to work together towards that next stage. So having the um, the board representative and and having that major shareholder and uh, that is Echo Pro, then we're obliged to work towards that partnership. But what what we're saying is that um, that that partnership will happen at some point within uh, around the time of the PFS. But there's no reason why we can't in the same time be talking to other partners as well because what we're looking at building something here is that it's big enough to potentially bring in another partner and, and that might be an upstream partner or a downstream partner. So so there, there is room because we're building something that could be of, of significant scale here, we believe that there's other potential to bring in other partners and other funding sources as well. Okay, because here's the problem I want you to solve for me. Okay, you, you, you put out um, a scoping study, the economics were pretty tight. The assumption around price that you would get in the market was you know, above market and your costs, you put out a base cost, right? So I'm trying to work out how you guys make money. So, I mean, talk me through the process because Echo Pro, you haven't got an agreement with them at a, uh, about pricing yet. That's the discussion that's to come, right? And that's gonna obviously affect things. So. Um, what are the things that you're in control of now that will allow you to kind of increase the margin you can make? Um, and, you know, why are you so sure about the, you know, forward-looking price? Yeah, so I'd probably disagree about the tightness in the economics, It's, um, but that's fine. It's, it, the, at a consensus price of about $8 a pound, which is not that far off today's price, we're looking at an MPV of two times CapEx, so that there's definitely not tightness there. But what I think what you're alluding to is this NCM price. So the NCM price that we've used and the premium that we've used is on the Shanghai Metal Markets um, website. So you can go and see that. It's on there. It's, so if you go to the Tenery Precursor part of that Shanghai Metal Markets spot price, 811, there's the, that's the premium. So, that, so that's very easy to, to see that. Um, that's where we've got that. Um, how do we achieve that? Well, we achieve that through a partnership with Echo Pro. So it's all about, obviously, yeah, we need to bring in the partnership to achieve that price, but we're, we're obviously confident enough to put those numbers into this study because of that strong relationship we have with Echo Pro. So, yeah, you're right. It, until we've got a formal agreement, and, and this is where I think you're going with it, is until we've got the formal agreement, can we put out that price? Well, yeah, we, we just wanted people to see this is where we're heading. Um, once we get out that formal agreement, then we're away. And so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring in the agreement, and then we're then we've got exposure to these premium products. So 
yeah, it's important that people see that where we're heading with this journey. Obviously, that's probably why the discount's there in the market at the moment because we haven't signed up Echo Pro formally yet. But that's fine because we, 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 we're looking at that around that PFS and we will do that. So, yeah, it, it, yeah, I can see where the market's probably missed that. Right. Well, I think, well, Mark, I think you're right. Once that's signed up, you can probably claim to be a more integrated company than you are. Right now, you're a miner. You're a miner you know, in Vietnam um, on ASX, and you're trying to prove out the size of the of, of the resources that you have there. So there, I think there is a disconnect. But so what, what else can you do to affect those things? I mean, for instance, you put out a base case. Um, are you going to be able to like shave costs? I mean, any savings around CapEx? I mean, where, 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 where do you go? What are you looking at? Yeah, so there's a couple of ways that we can improve. Um, the one is obviously on the upstream. So we're looking at doing the stage capex, turning on the existing concentrator, drilling out massive sulfides, which reduces the capex or cuts the capex in half, basically. So then the upstream component of the capex is minimised and, and, and so there's not much to turn on the existing concentrator. So then we can just focus all of our funding on downstream and that's where we have the ability to bring in partners like Echo Pro and potentially others. So, so we'll, we'll minimise dilution to the Blackstone shareholders by using these funding partners on the downstream. And, and so, that, so a big focus of us is now how do we peg back the capex how do we minimise dilution to Blackstone shareholders? And the way we can do that is because of this strong demand we can that's we we can see coming from those end users. So it's yeah, it's all about I suppose progressing that without the big dilutionary event which you expect from most developers these days is when you try a big three hundred million dollar capex, the market goes oh what have they done? And then we go okay well actually if for for Blackstone it's a much smaller portion of that that we're looking for. For equity for. Okay, so and let's again, I just to remind myself and remind people new to this story is because nickel projects typically have huge infrastructure costs requirements. Uh, I know you the previous owners have spent you know 130 plus million bucks on this already, so that kind of helps. But nevertheless, how do you and Echo Pro plan this going forward? And clearly, you. If you're a, a, a geologist and you were like, you know, purist, you'd be like drilling out all 25 targets, right? That that that's what you'd love to do. Build this thing out, have a big boy take out. But there's an economic pressure from EcoPro who need this nickel. They want this nickel. So has that affected the way that you plan this, the way that you've laid out your spend, your time, your effort? Yeah. Yeah, it's very important. So we our, our drilling is very focused on which ore bodies we can get into the mine plan the quickest and how quickly we can turn on the mine to, to maximise MPV. But we know that there will be, with it, by the time we turn the mine on, there's a, there is a chance we haven't drilled out the best part of this system. So well, unfortunately, we just have to deal with that. But we want to try and drill out as many of those as we can before we turn the mine on. But the focus is more on turning the mine on and then geology we'll, we'll work out the geology as we go and obviously we want to try and crack the geology before they turn the mine on but it's it, it that is as you say a dream of the geologist but from a commercial perspective we need to deliver downstream nickel products in 2023 to our partner echo pro and so that's all i'm focused on right now is how do i do that best for the blackstone shareholders and obviously for the partnership between us and echo pro so 
that's that's the, my main goal now is to achieve downstream nickel products in 2023. Okay, so how do you deliver that commercial imperative of Becker Pros by 2023 in the least dilutory manner and be able to you know get into production by 2023? Yeah, so most importantly, we, we build a strong relationship and we, we bring their engineers in with my engineers and we, we're working very closely on how do we do this best for the partnership, but also from a um, Blackstone perspective, we, we most likely do it through this stage CapEx scenario. So we're turning on the existing concentrator, much smaller, high grade, less technical risk on the upstream, and then focus on cranking up this downstream as a partnership as quickly as possible. So yeah, it's a very much a focus on downstream, um, lower CapEx, quick startup on the on the upstream, and then going, yes, and uh, going ahead with this downstream as a partnership and a collaboration. Okay, so that's EchoPro's commercial imperative. Does that mean that this is not the best solution for your shareholders? Is it a case of I'm taking a, I'm gonna de-risk this, it's not going to be the best, but it's pretty good. Yeah, so the the de-risking is obviously not just for Echo Pro, it's for Blackstone shareholders as well. So so the ability to de-risk the upstream and, and manage the technical risk associated with the upstream is a benefit to our, our Blackstone shareholders and Echo Pro shareholders. So um, the MP there'll be a small MPV hit because um, but that's 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 obviously um, a um, disadvantage of a stage capex approach. So there's not much we can do about that, but it'll improve your IRR. So your your return on capital will be significantly better, but you might take a small MPV hit because in the first few years you're doing a small underground or a small high grade versus the big the big numbers that we threw into the study. So uh, it is still in the best interest of Blackstone shareholders because we're managing the technical risk, we're managing the funding risk, and we're returning our capital quicker. Right. Okay. So remind me some of the numbers that you're hoping to hit. Yeah. So $665 million MPV at $8 per pound. Um, I, I, I do question um, when we hit $8 a pound. It's probably not that far away. And, and I've been, um, I've been sort of, we, we, when we, when we put out these studies, we have to pick one number that we headline with and we want to try and pick a number that has some sort of shelf life. And so if we picked the spot price on the date, it's out of date already. So so we're trying to pick a number that is in 2023 and that's when we're, we're going to be delivering the products and that's why we want to show, okay, this is what it's worth. So it's, it, I'm confident we've got a billion dollar, Australian billion dollar project um, and, and that will be what it's worth in 2023. Okay, so why do you think that? I mean, we've had lots of people come on so the show and talk the way, about micro. The way I'm confident in that is because once we're mining and we're producing cash flow, we will trade very close to one times NPV. Okay, okay. Um, okay, so when, when are you signing this? Uh, when is the PFS going to be ready? Let's start with that. Yeah, so this assay thing probably hasn't helped us either. Um, we were aiming for late March. There may be a slight delay to that because of these assays. So because I want to bring in these ore bodies, the five ore bodies we're currently drilling, I want to throw them all into the PFS. There may be a slight delay, but let's let's see how we go with these assay labs. If, if they do start to, to improve, then we might still be able to deliver in Q1 PFS, and that's that point where we start to talk to Echo Pro about this and, and really formalise this um, partnership. 
And you think that's when the market's going to recognize that you are an integrated company. Is that, the, is that what you're waiting for? I hope so. <laughs> um, I think it will have to sink in at that point um, because what, what that partnership won't just come with a MOU. That partnership will come with a formal agreement to put in a significant amount of capital. So that has to be the point where the market wakes up and goes, okay, this is real. How much money? Well, half the capex. If it's a if it's a fifty fifty JV, okay. it's it's seventy five million dollars. So that's that's the sort of numbers that we we're looking at. Yeah, in the partnership, it's a it's a true partnership. We bring seventy five million. They bring seventy five million. It's real. That's when it's real. That's when it has to sink in. They've got a big balance sheet, so that's easy for them. Do you think you're going to get a good enough reaction in the marketplace? So. <laughs> Uh, good question. So we will have the ability to access debt. Um, we are um, open to working with debt providers out of Korea. So there will be a debt component. There will, we will minimise the equity component. So, yeah, I think as we're getting closer to that point where we actually do need to raise that money, it should have sunk in by that stage. Does that go probably need to underwrite your portion if you're going for debt? Maybe, maybe there's a... Maybe there is a deal whereby, yeah, we, we, we actually work with their debt providers. Um, they may even look at prepayments or, or, or there's other different offtake slash financing type scenarios where we, we minimise the dilution. Um, but equity, obviously, yeah, we will look to equity as well. But if, if the market still hasn't woken up, then we'll minimise dilution to Blackstone shareholders. Okay, and how quickly after you've provided the PFS... Will the will negotiations finish and something be signed? How long is that going to go on for? I think a lot of that depends on what other um, competitive tension we have for our product, and I would suggest that 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 timeline or time frame is minimised from what we're seeing in the market. There is a tightness in these products that we're looking to develop, and so I think that um, that that did timeline between PFS and joint venture will be minimised because of that tightness and that competitive tension that we're seeing. Is that one month or three months? Uh, <laughs> I'd like to do it within three months, yeah. Okay, a quarter. Okay, mate. Well, look, uh, appreciate uh, you coming on today. I'm glad to hear the drilling's gone well, and I hope you get the assays back soon because uh, we'd love to see yes. what the numbers look like. Um, and, and more importantly, you know, what you're sort of starting to see at these other different, these five other targets that you're uh, focused on right now as well. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Yeah, we've got nine drill rigs going, plenty of assays to come. So we'll keep the market updated on the assays, but most importantly, those assays will then lead into maiden resources. So so many maiden resources over in the early uh, months of next year leading into this PFS. So it's a big, big news flow in those early months of next year leading into the PFS. So yeah, it's a lot to come uh, in 2020. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.